Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. Carlos Correa has signed with the Minnesota Twins. Correa and the Twins are in agreement on a six-year, $200 million contract. The deal can max out to $270 million with vesting options for four additional years. Carlos Correa had been reported to be signing with the New York Mets two weeks ago, but negotiations fell apart during Correa's physical. Johnny Cueto is in agreement with the Miami Marlins. One year, $8.5 million deal with the 2024 option by the club for 2024. Last night, Brandon Belt signed a one-year, $9 million deal with the Toronto Blue Jays. Jerry Jones says that Mike McCarthy's job is not at stake as the Cowboys travel to Tampa Bay Monday night for the wildcard round playoffs. Cowboys were knocked out at home last year by the San Francisco 49ers. And in case you missed it, the Georgia Bulldogs have repeated as college football's national champions. Back-to-back champions, first time since the Alabama Crimson Tide. In the Southeastern Conference College Basketball tonight, 7 o'clock, South Carolina is at Kentucky, while Florida is at LSU. 9 o'clock, you got Vandy at number 5, Tennessee, and the number 21, Auburn Tigers at Ole Miss. Just a couple of games in the ACC. Georgia Tech's at Notre Dame at 7, and at 9, it's UNC at number 13, Virginia. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves Country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves Country. Armchair. There's something, I say there's something kind of yeah about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat-out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. (laughs) I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? Rum and Cokes? Do you have any idea how important you are? Really, this is what you're doing? Do you have any idea? Chief, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. YouTube Live Radio Station The radio station you can call your own Do you know what listeners like about our station? I like everything It's always on my radio We never stop the music Except for now When I talk You're listening to Braves Country With Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks We're here live Weekdays 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. And simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. Braves made a huge move today. They sent Carlos Correa from the Mets to the Minnesota Twins. Ah! Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. He's the All-American man. Hey, howdy, hi, and how the hell are 
are you, Braves country? We got to be excited today, right? You got the Georgia Bulldogs winning the national championship in college football. That's not your cup of tea if you're not a Bulldog fan, if you're not a college football fan. Well, then you've got the Atlanta Braves. They are looking even better, and I still thought they were the best team in the division going in, but that was with Carlos Correa in the lineup with the Mets. I still felt like that the Mets, we talked about it uh, yesterday or the day before, that even if they signed Carlos Correa, I still felt like this team wasn't much better than the one last year when you think of what they lost and what they just held on to. Well, now they don't have Correa. And now you know that means that they're going to go out and try to do something, but there's really not that heavy bat that's left out there. Now, there are some other, and we'll get it to get into it later in the show. There, there are some other bats that are out there that I guess they could go for, but there's no one on the level of Carlos Correa. And so when you lose him and you've got a bad farm system like the Mets have, you're going to be relying on hopefully trying to bring someone in that someone else wants to get rid of. We'll monitor that as it goes on, and there'll be a lot of speculation. We'll get into a lot of that talk, obviously. But other than that, now, I never thought that the Mets were dead in the water at third base. They still have Eduardo Escobar. I thought he was. I thought he did a pretty good job. But you know how it is in Mets Nation. They think that everybody at every position needs to be a... 40 home run, 100 RBI guy. Well, they're not going to get that at third base this year, that's for sure. And we'll see if they try to make a trade to, once again, platoon at third base or if they bring in a minor bat. But it won't be anyone of the level of Carlos Correa. He is heading to the Minnesota Twins, in case you missed it. News broke a couple hours ago. He is heading to well, heading back to the Minnesota Twins after being rumored to have signed with the Mets, and then there was a whole thing about the physical. Well, the Minnesota Twins said, we'll take you. It's going to be a six-year deal, not a 10 or 12 like he'd originally had, but a six-year deal for $200 million, and then there's going to be a vesting option at the end of that six-year deal worth another four years, $70 million. So it could be worth 10 years, two hundred seventy. And really what it comes down to is it will come down to he will have to go through a physical at that point. And that was the only way they were going to get this done in a large deal. And he went ahead and agreed to it. I don't know. We don't know. Nobody knows at this point what the Mets conversations were. But evidently they didn't get creative enough. And Carlos Correa, for my money, defensively, the best shortstop in baseball offensively, he's right there in the top five, top 10, depending on the year. There are years that he's had bad years. There's years where he's, well, bad years can for him. There's been years where he's been a little more top of the board, but he's still a, he's a solid bat. He's a good power bat. A guy that when he's healthy is good for 25 home runs. Plus a guy that will hit close to 300. He's not a swing and miss guy per se. He will get you some base hits, but he's got an absolute cannon. I would think he's going to be cemented there in Minnesota. And good for the Twins fan base, by the way. Good for the Twins fan base. They went through this entire thing where they were not, well, let's be honest, they, they were being overlooked, and now he's heading back, and you don't see this a lot. You really don't get this a lot where the Minnesota Twins are the team that outbids New York. But that's where we're at right now, and I think it's phenomenal news. It's phenomenal news for Braves country, obviously, because we were able to avoid what would have been a much better lineup 
and granted we're only facing them 12 times now it's not the 19 times it's not the gauntlet that it used to be but we are facing now in my opinion a much easier road when you when you look at that lineup and definitely a lot worse defensively now they had planned to put him at third base but if carlos correa can play third base half as well as he can play shortstop then so be it he's I know a lot of people don't like him per se because he was on that Houston cheating team and he was one of the mouthpieces that really got into the whole, you know, we're we're not as big a cheater as everyone says we are kind of thing, right? But what we do have with him, whether you like him or not, you don't like it, you cannot deny the talent on the field. And so he heads back to Toronto. I think that's a huge, huge get for the twins for, I think it's also good for major league baseball too. to not have all the, all the stars in one team in one market. I think that's enormous for baseball. If you are watching on YouTube, I am rocking the Gwinnett Braves hat. And the reason why is a Braves got good news today and B the Gwinnett Braves hat has a G and a tomahawk. So you got to give some respect to the Georgia Bulldogs who have now won back-to-back national championships. And whether you are a fan of the Bulldogs or not, it's really not the point. The point of this entire thing is the Georgia Bulldogs, you've got to make the argument. You've got to make the argument at this point. Are the Bulldogs a dynasty? And have they unseated the Alabama Crimson Tide as the number one program in America? And I think you have to say yes to both. Now, when I say dynasty, it's all relative when it comes to nowadays. Used to dynasties in college sports, especially college football, there was a while there when the NCAA would actually anoint teams dynasty. And I remember in the early 2000s, there had only been five dynasties ever in the history of college football. And it, and it was eras, but they always went on pretty long eras. In other words, they would not anoint you a dynasty if you'd done something for a couple of years. But when you look at what Georgia has done over the last several years, they've won back-to-back national championships. They lost the national championships in heartbreaking fashion to the Crimson Tide. And you have to look at the overall factor of Georgia and the fact that let's just look at it from, from the last few years. First of all, the last two years, they've gone 29 and one. You can't doubt that. They went eight and two. In the 2020 season, of course, that one always says it's going to have an asterisk for all sports, but they did go eight and two and they did finish number three in the country. 2019, they finished number three in the country, went 12 and two. 2018, they finished number two in the country. 2017, number two in the country, compiling at least 11 wins, not counting the 2020 shortened year, at least 11 wins every single season since that time period. So I think even on the older scale, and they used to always do it, but it had to be by 10 years, et cetera. Even by the older scale, you've got to give Georgia a dynasty into that part 
because, and of course, what they always do is they wait for the run to end, and then that's when they anoint him. But this team's going to be getting what, if you go all the way back to 10 seasons ago, it was at their low point-ish, comparatively. They were 8-5 and five in, the, in 2013. Now, right before that, it, w- it was that loss to Alabama uh, in the SEC championship game uh in 2012 and of course 2011 2012 was was the one that i think most fans just you know wring their hands with but you look at the overall this this georgia team is not done now who, now who knows if they'll ever win another national championship with with this current era because those are hard to come by you need some luck involved you need health etc cetera, etc cetera. but you look at from 2014 10 and 3 20 15, 10, and three had a down year in 2016 at eight and five. That that was Kirby smarts first year. And then since then from 2017, the last six years from 2017 to now, the lowest that they finished ranked is number three in the country. And that reminds me of the Bowden era when he went 14 years finishing the top four, which no one's ever done that. And I don't know if we'll ever see that again. George is making a strong run, but even Alabama, they'll have a down year every once in a while. It's incredibly hard to do that. And it, and if Bowden would have been in the playoff era, Bobby Bowden definitely would have won a couple more national championships. It's just by, by the, by the sheer luck of it, you, you would stumble into at least two or three, but that was a different era. Same thing with the, uh, you know, with the, uh, Bear Bryant, same thing with a lot of the you know great old coaches. I think there would have been more national championships because back years ago, you got one loss. Sometimes it was the death of you, and that's no loss. Now you've got Alabama fans who lost two games, and other teams had much better arguments, and you got Alabama fans right after the national title game telling us that they should have been in the national title game because they would have given, they would have given um, Georgia a better game that they would have given up a better fight. I mean, a nail would give, would give a hammer a better fight than what we saw last night. So let's get off that. Let's also remember something else about Alabama. You lost to Tennessee, so you can't tell me that Tennessee didn't have a stronger argument. And there's a couple of other teams you could throw in there. And, oh, by the way, I tweeted this out, but, oh, by the way, there's another team that had two losses that barely lost to Georgia, and that's Ohio State, and they've got more of an argument than Alabama does to be in the national title game. I know they just lost, but that's not the point. The point is you're going to go by resume. You're going to go by this and that. I'll be so glad when they get to the 12-team playoff and quit trying to back Alabama in every time. If Alabama's undefeated or sitting there with one loss, they won the SEC championship, by all means they belong in there. But there's too many of these pinheads that, that want to put, it's not just Alabama, they, they want to do it with a lot of teams, but they want to try to back them in because they want a brand. Look, TCU, the lights were too bright, they laid an egg, but I don't say TCU didn't deserve to be in the game. They, they did everything that was asked of them to get in that game and they beat Michigan and every, I'm going to say right now, what, what a lot of people don't want to talk about Sonny Dykes got out coached in the game. He flat out got out coached. 
you 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 heard the commentators last night they were talking uh, you know about the sugar huddle and the up-paced tempo and it looked like tcu did not have a contingency plan for that they just assumed georgia was going to go up and try to line up and mash him in the mouth and when there was an you know basically what happened was it when there was an audible call they had no game plan and so all in all it was a good year for tcu that coaching staff has to wear that embarrassment because when it's all said and done, it's your job to get these 21 year old kids. I remember something when you're cameraing these kids on t- they're kids. It's your job to get these 20, 21, 19, 18 year old kids ready to play a football game. And if you come out there and you don't have a game plan, it becomes very, very obvious. Michael's question is what are the top three college programs right now? I mean, I'm sorry, but I've got to give it to the Georgia Bulldogs as number one. And just because of longevity, I think you have to probably go Alabama. And then, of course, I think it's got to be Ohio State. That would be my top three, because it's not like Ohio State hasn't won a national championship in this era. Now, some folks might argue that that Clemson, but Clemson's taken a little bit of a of a dive. If you've asked me this a couple of years ago, absolutely it's Clemson. But this year, I just this is straight up recency. This has got nothing to do with what have you done for the last seven, eight years. It's recency and it's have you been consistent? And Clemson going out and eleven and three is nothing to sneeze about. But Clemson eleven and three, and they've been on the down tick. They have been on the down tick for quite some time, you know, they, you look at last year, they were 10 and three. You look at the fact that they got manhandled a couple of times in big spots over the last few years. Dabo Sweeney had a heck of a run, but I have to look at now the last year, they finished 14th in the country this year. They'll finish somewhere in that neighborhood you can't put them above Ohio state who went to the playoffs again this year and actually won a game actually won a game over the last few years. It's not like that. They've, they've only been, you know, some of the ones come to mind like Oklahoma and whatnot that always get roasted as soon as they get to the playoffs. But I'll tell you what change is coming in college football because you're going to get 12 teams and you can see more and more up and coming programs all over the country in Knoxville in Tallahassee. I think they're doing good things in a lot of the SEC uh, cities, other SEC cities as well. I like what they're doing in Oxford, Mississippi. Arkansas seems like a program that you're going to have to keep an eye on. And it's not that Clemson's going away. It's not that any of the teams are going away. But but because of the NIL, the gap is getting a little tighter. We'll be back in a flash when we come back more on this crazy sports day and on the Carlos Correa signing. We'll be back in a flash. Keep it locked in here on the key and Braves country HD. When you were my age, did you ever have trouble deciding what you wanted to do with your life? <laughs> no, I never had that problem really. Why? Forget it. I didn't think you'd understand. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. I don't know. Work is work. You don't show up late, you don't make excuses, and you don't not work. If it wasn't work, they wouldn't call it work. 
They call it super wonderful crazy fun time. <laughs> or skippity do. It all starts with just one thing. Get to know your local beekeeper. You can make sure they don't use chemicals in the hive, that they only sell surplus honey, plus locally produced honeys have a smaller carbon footprint. Find tips and more at OneThingUS.com. What's your one thing? The armchair quarterbacks are covering America's pastime from spring training all the way to the fall classic. 5-2 Dodgers in the ninth. Got him. They've done it. Like the 1969 Mets, it's the impossible dream revisited. And Myers bringing it. And the pitch is hit in the air. Foul off first. Benzinger backing and calling. And the 1990 World Championship belongs to the Cincinnati Reds. The Twins are going to win the World Series. The Twins have won it. It's a base hit. It's a one nothing. Inning victory. Bell, left field, way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions as Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning, and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Armchair. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's The Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. You're listening. Shen Young, a performance that truly matters to every one of us, is coming to the Columbus River Center for the Performing Arts, January 17th, one night only. Shen Young brings 5,000 years of civilization live on stage through choreographed dance, music combining Western and Chinese instruments in an animated backdrop. Come and see it at least once in your lifetime. Tickets at shenyoung.com slash GA. NFL playoffs are back, and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Wild Card Weekend and Divisional Round Weekend Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern to kickoff at 4.30 Eastern. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. Dad, look, all I ever have is a bran muffin and a touch of yogurt. Ah, girly food. Besides, I already fixed your breakfast. Now, I made your eggs in a nest. Ah, yes. Fried eggs, swimming in fat, served in a delightfully hollowed-out piece of white bread. I can almost hear my left ventricle slamming shut as I speak. Welcome back. And the way I look at it here down south... If your NFL football team has didn't make the playoffs, which many of us in Braves country can say that, and the college football national championship has been put to bed, it can only mean one thing. It's baseball season, baby. Baseball season, to me, begins the day after the college national championship. You still got a dog in the hunt in the NFL 
playoffs, it still doesn't mean it's not baseball season. To me, that's that, that's when baseball season officially begins. Of course, the preseason begins during the, the free agency period, but it's baseball season here to me now and uh, excited about a lot of things. Wanted to hit some of these things. So, so uh, Anthopolis was, was on a, uh, a Zoom today and was talking about a lot of different things. Want to play a couple of the clips. Won't do it all today. We'll kind of sprinkle this throughout. But one of the things, first of all, you Georgia Bulldog fans, he was paying attention last night to the national championship game. Here you go. You know, obviously being here five years now, I understand how big Georgia is, Georgia football, the SEC, just the community, right? right. And I would think this is the golden era of UGA, right? Like we oh, got man. to live it. Our kids, you know, like my kids didn't know. You know, they're young. They're 10 and 12, uh, but they've been here five years. So, like, this is all they know, right? So they're watching, and they got their friends there with jerseys and this and that. And, um, you know, this is hope we're going to look back and say, like, this is the golden era. Now they're talking about Stetson Bennett being the greatest Georgia player of all time. It's cool. You know, knowing what it means here in the community that, like, we got to be here right when that was going on. Yeah, so uh, that was Anthopolis talking about Stetson Bennett. Um, I think it's pretty cool that he's gone out and paying attention and kind of embraced what's going on in the, uh, in the Atlanta, Georgia community. Obviously not everybody in Atlanta is, is a Georgia Bulldog fan, but college football in general has been enormous. And so I thought that was pretty cool. And we'll get into more of, of these clips as the show goes on. But when you wouldn't, when your general manager sees that how big the community is. So for instance, I think it was cool that a lot of your, your Hawks and your Falcons embraced the Atlanta Braves national championship. But when you look at the, at the whole nine yards of the, of it, and hopefully he gets into it when Georgia tech does well, any of the local teams, but it just, it shows you that he's paying attention. You know, I've seen a lot of interviews with a lot of general managers where you ask them about the college national championship or whatnot, or anything that's outside their, their sports world. And they almost have robotic answers and you can tell they didn't watch the game. So obviously Anthopolis didn't graduate from Georgia. He didn't grow up down here, but it, but it was cool for him to, to be talking about his kids Having having the friends over with the Georgia jerseys and whatnot, so I, I I thought that was a cool touch. Here's some actual baseball stuff with Anthopolis that I thought was very very key, and a couple of things. See which one do we want to hit first? Um, I'll tell you what the one that everyone has been kind of chomping at the bit all off season. Here's his thoughts on the whole shortstop position in Major League Baseball. Taking Vaughn, and again, Vaughn's going to compete with Orlando Arcia, right? So young, high energy, the makeup's off the charts, his aptitude's off, off the charts, um, big guy. So it's easy with your eyes to say, I don't know if this guy could stick at shortstop. Hadn't played a whole lot of second base. He played a little bit, but primarily on the left side of the infield. Mm -hmm. So it was a crash course. He was coming in really early on the first bus, every day on the road, and here at the ballpark in Atlanta, 
getting early work with Wash, but he was still getting up to speed playing the position. And look, we saw some flashes. Things look good. Other times where he was a little rough. Mm-hmm. But the one thing with him is he's gotten better every single year. And we didn't get to see him at the big league level on the left side of the infield. Now, in the offseason, we have a meeting with the staff, going through the offseason approach, plans, and so on. I want to get everyone's take and opinion. We talked about Vaughn as, as a group. And you know, Wash felt like, look, we clearly wanted Dansby back. That was the priority. But you just don't know when guys get to free agency where the dollars are going to go. You have to talk through if we can't get there financially, where are we going next? Do we have to trade for a guy? Do we have anybody internally? And the more it was discussed as, as a group, as much as Dansby was clearly the guy we wanted back, if it wasn't going to ha- happen, could Vaughn or Orlando handle that job? Could it be something where you just, you're hitting the, them ninth, you know you're not going to get a six-win season, highly unlikely, like what you just got. Mm-hmm. Can they hold the fort down, and do they have upside? And we knew what Orlando RC could do. We felt pretty good about what the bat is. We know what the de- defense is and so on, and we, we like him. Um, and then the question was, can Vaughn handle shortstop defensively? Mm-hmm. remember asking Wash many times, like, I don't know what he's going to do with the bat. If he wins that starting job, are we going to come to a point in the season where we feel like, hey, we have to make a change defensively and so on? And he felt like with work, with proper reps and so on, and he said, if I can get him for a week to 10 days at a time in the offseason three times. I will have him ready come spring training to compete for that job. Okay, so that was Anthopolis. And basically, look, he's saying essentially what I've been saying all offseason, but I'm glad to get it from him because when, when, a, when a talking head like me says it, you go, you roll your eyes and you don't know what you're talking about, McGee. But I have been, I've been following this sport my entire life. This will be, I was, I was thinking about it the other day. So this will be, um, the year, this will be essentially, if my math is right, the 42nd year of me watching and watching and understanding major league baseball. As a young child, 1982 is the first year that I really remember. Like I can, I, I, I was around paying attention in 81 and in 80 because I do remember those World Series. In fact, I vaguely remember the 79 series with the Pirates. But honest engine, if you ask me when I started watching baseball, it was 82. Uh, I was very aware of the Braves 13 and 0 beginning way back when. I I was. I was glued to the the Brewers and Cardinals World Series, and away we go. So, I guess my point has been watching and watching and paying attention to this for a while. And even the bigger name teams, and I'm talking about the Yankees, and I'm talking about you know you think about when the Yankees told Robinson Cano, "We're not spending 240 million on you. Bye bye. We'll see you in Seattle." You think about some of the other teams that have lost guys and you're like, I can't believe they lost a guy. You think about when Johnny Damon left the Red Sox, it was the, one of the heartbeats of that Red Sox organization. Oh, and, and Jacoby Ellsbury left to go to the Yankees. You think about when some of these players leave and everybody wants to keep their player for a long time because no matter what people try to tell you, we watch sports for the people. Now you get accustomed and you get very emotionally attached to the laundry they're wearing, but it's really just a way for you to pay attention to a group of people's lives and careers 
and keep it organized. If not, if you're one of these fans who's all over the board and they only like LeBron James, and they follow LeBron James wherever he goes, those championships mean less. So if you're going to be a fan of a team and you're going to be a fan of any team in any sport, you're going to have highs and lows, but you're also going to have to deal with losing free agents. And as long as we're getting good production from the shortstop and left field position, the Braves are going to be okay. They should have good pitching again, barring injuries. They should have a very good offense at the top. And I've I've said it since day one back in back in November. This was going to be a platoon situation in shortstop and in left field. And they look, if Ron Washington sees something in a guy, I'm going to trust Ron Washington because he's out there watching him play defense. We already know that he has the ability for offensive greatness i don't think it's going to happen in year one i think we're going to go through some growing pains you always do but i do believe that if grissom can master shortstop and be a good shortstop doesn't have to be elite if he can be a good shortstop with his offensive potential he'll be fine same thing in left field if we can get at least decent glove work out there the bats that they have in left field that they can that they can roll around, it's it's probably going to look more like a revolving door out in left field. But when you think of Luplo, you think of obviously Rosario, who, who signed the three for twenty seven deal last year. Then he had the eye injury. Everybody knows that if they knew he was going to have this eye injury, they wouldn't have signed him to a three for twenty seven. But Rosario was one of the guys that helped that motor go for the for for the uh, world championship. And when they get him going, and I think they will, he's going to be a solid bat in left field, especially against righties. I suspect we're going to platoon him. And against lefties, once again, I know a lot of people are going to roll their eyes and they don't want to see it, but it's going to be Ozuna for the most part. And if they get to the point where they can't make Ozuna fit, they would they probably will DFA him, but when you have that much money invested in a guy, that's gonna be the problem. And he talked about core beliefs and club chemistry. We, we don't get into that today. There's so much other stuff to get into. I, I don't believe we'll have time. Probably hit that up tomorrow. But um that what he said about club chemistry makes me think that when it, I know I know I know a lot of diehard brave fans are out there hoping for like a juggernaut of talent. I don't think he wants to bring in a Trevor Bauer because regardless what you believe on whether Trevor Bauer did wrong or not did wrong in the incident with the lady out there. And there's a lot of conflicting stories. So I really don't know what to believe, honestly, but regardless what you think about that, he was not well liked in the, in the Dodgers clubhouse. He wasn't well-liked in general, and it's one of the reasons why when he went to sign that deal with the Dodgers, he just come off the uh, off the IR. I mean, it's, uh, sorry, IR. Something flashed across the screen. He he just came across, he just come off of winning a Cy Young, so everybody knew the talent was there. But the reason why he didn't get a seven-year, six-year balloon deal was because he was known as kind of a jerk. So he, so he got a three-year deal at top value and was able to option out if he wanted to, and then the suspension came in and the rest is history. Now the 
Dodgers DFA'd him, and we'll know more about it come Friday. I believe Friday afternoon is is when uh, he'll come off the the DFA list, and you'll find out what like where where's he going, right? But when it's all said and done, I don't think they're going to go after Trevor Bauer because they worry about that locker room and you bring someone like him in. You've already got kind of a chemistry issue anyways with losing Freeman, losing Swanson the last couple of years. Ozuna, he's had his problems, let's be honest. And it appears to be fairly well-liked in the locker room, but I don't think he's the guy they all looked up to a couple of years ago when they first signed him. Remember, one of the reasons why they re-signed him to the long-term deal is because he'd become like a big brother to Ozzy and to Acuna. And then out of nowhere, he gets in trouble with the domestic violence issue again. The first one was 100% with his wife, but he did get into trouble. And then he gets the uh, DUI. And so when you look at the whole nine yards of it, He's got to be skating on really thin ice anyways. But you can't trade him because he's done. But if you listen to Anthopolis on payroll and what, whatnot, they're kind of in a sticky wicket, and it doesn't sound like they got a lot of money to play with. All right, we are going to take a really quick break. When we come back, more here on the show. Joey's on his way. We're going to be talking the NFL playoffs. We're we'll talking some lines on that and things we do and don't like about the games coming up. And a lot of news coming up. We'll get you caught up here on a busy Tuesday here on Braves Country. Keep it locked in here on WQEE and Braves Country HD, wherever you may stream. That's a joke, boy. You missed it. Went right past you. You got to keep, I say, you got to keep on your toes. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the Farmer's Signal app, and that could get you up to 15% off your auto policy. That's just for using the app and driving like the normal speed-limited hearing, full-stop, making lane-change signaling human being you are. Get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Hey, Braves fans. Thank you for listening to Braves Country Baseball. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and we are here to bring you play-by-play pitch-by-pitch of your Atlanta Braves, bringing you spring training in two to three games a week all season long. Please like and subscribe today. Braves Country Baseball. Dread running to the post office? Stamps.com brings post office and UPS services right to your computer. Send letters, ship packages, and get up to 40% off USPS and up to 62% off UPS rates. Nearly 1 million small businesses use Stamps.com to save time and money. It's a no-brainer. So skip the post office and visit Stamps.com. Sit, shot. I'm not playing, you stupid game! That? That's the sound of NyQuil Severe, hard at work. NyQuil Severe is the best sleep with a cold medicine. No tossing and turning, just rest and recovery. So you're ready to take on tomorrow. For powerful relief of your worst cold and flu symptoms, try NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, stuffy head, best sleep with a cold? Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of here. The NFL playoffs are back. 
and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Wild Card Weekend and Divisional Round Weekend Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern to kickoff at 4.30 Eastern. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. Shen Young, a performance that truly matters to every one of us, is coming to the Columbus River Center for the Performing Arts January 17th, one night only. Shen Young brings 5,000 years of civilization live on stage through choreographed dance, music combining Western and Chinese instruments in an animated backdrop. Come and see it at least once in your lifetime. Tickets at shenyoung.com slash GA. I am definitely down for some rock climbing. Yeah, me too. I am down. I am totally down. Lock me down. Cool. So uh, what do you say we climb a rock manana? Yeah, manana. Uh, manana might, might be a problem. I'm, I'm supposed to uh, have a boil lanced manana. You know, I, I think they charge me if I cancel with only one manana's notice. Welcome back. Taking you all the way to the 5 o'clock hour. Joey joins us here in a few minutes. We're going to dive into the NFL playoffs. Can't wait to get some of his takes on some of the things that are going on here in the world of sports. If you're just joining us, Carlos Correa, six years, $200 million for the four-year option, vesting option, to the Minnesota Twins, not the New York Mets. So, a lot of shock and awe in in Gotham right now. And the Mets fan who has become very spoiled here recently, not from winning championships, but from their owner who has just pretty much uh, handed over blank checks, they uh, get the rug pulled out from, uh, from under them. And we'll see what happens with this. I do find it interesting that LeBron James, by the way, does still say that he wants to play until he can either play with or against his son, which is coming very soon. But uh, whether you like or dislike LeBron James, you can't argue with the fact his talent is real still at this age. He's still an elite player. If he stays in shape, I mean, I don't know if LeBron James could be anywhere close to a Tom Brady because running up and down on a basketball court till you're in your 40s at his position is a, unless he's willing to be a role player, is a little, uh, it'd be a little odd. But if, but let's say he ends up playing with his son. Let's say his son gets on his team or he gets on his son's team, however it works out. It might motivate him to play longer than what we expect. And that's enough about LeBron James. Cause I really think that they overdo it on, uh, on ESPN, and the other outlets, um, the Carlos Correa thing, unbelievably fun thing to see unfold. And, Tell you what, I am going to play one more clip for Anthopolis because 
This one, I think, kind of gives you a broader idea of his what, what his thinkings are on the payroll. Take a listen. So, Odorizzi, when we made the trade, our expectation was with the trade, his salary was much lower than Will Smith's, just in base salary. He had a big buyout on an option of six and a quarter. So we had baked it all in that we planned on paying that buyout at six and a quarter no matter what we made the trade. Mm-hmm. And Will Smith had a buyout as well. So even then, it was less dollars. And then so that was going on the 2022 payroll. So in the trade for Allard, um, the six and a quarter was already going to be in there. He exercised the option. So it was a net 375 for us. The transaction was a 375 transaction. That was a 2022 transaction for us. It doesn't impact 2023. CBT-wise, it is impacted. But again, we're more focused on the cash part of it. Like you said, we're under 200. CBT number is a lot higher. But again, you're looking at 20% on the amount you're over. So I think right now we're a hair over, so a million five. But we're still within the number we have from a payroll standpoint right now, and that's what we spend our time on. I know people obsess about it, CBT and so on. Um, Other than just paying that 20% tax, there's no impact on us. I look at it as from a cash standpoint. So we might end up below. We might end up above. We might trade guys. A little cash comes back. Like Between now and the end of the season, I have no idea where we're going to end up. I do know what I have to spend in terms of cash, and that's where we spend our time. So that was Anthopolis. And, Robert, I do see your comment about the Georgia National Championship. Went into detail on that earlier in the show. You know, the great thing about the YouTube stream is that you could always go back and rewind but uh real quick for you georgia fans out there i I know you're still celebrating uh i i put them at at the top of the of the college football mountain obviously at this point back-to-back national championships right now i've ranked it because michael had the did the question earlier i've got georgia number one bama two and ohio state three if you if i'm gonna have three teams ranked now, not too far off just because of recency, what they've done. You've got to put Clemson in there, but those, those are by far my top three. And Michigan, Michigan's starting to make it an argument, but I do believe for Michigan to actually stay in the argument, you're going to have to win one of the, you're going to have to win a championship. You can't get knocked out in the playoffs in the first round each time. You know, you lost to TCU. They got their doors blown off by Georgia. And last year, you got your doors blown off by Georgia. So, right now, they have found a way to beat Ohio State, and I get that, and that's great because that's going to keep your job. It's going to keep you – folks are going to stay very happy in Michigan for at least a few more years. And then eventually it's going to become like every fan base. Oh, I can't win the big one. Let's get rid of them. And knowing a couple of diehard Michigan fans that I do, they're going to be rolling their eyes and going, would you stop it? Look at what we had beforehand. Do we want to go back to the days of Rodriguez? Do we want to go back to the days of – I mean, if you go – if you get the bare nuts down to it, Lloyd Carr was pretty darn good, but as far as sustainable powerhouse championship type team, Michigan has not been there since. I mean, it's I mean it's it's Bo Schembechler. So what Harbaugh has done, I'm not ready to, to put the heat on him, but you know the fan base will do it if he gets another year where he goes to the playoffs. 
and gets knocked out in the first round, that's when you're going to start hearing the rumbling. Right now, they're still happy with it. But that's just, that's that's the way of, of the American sports fan. Uh, yeah, exactly. Rich Rod. Um, yeah, that, that was a disaster when they brought Rodriguez in. Absolutely correct, Brian. Uh, back to what Anthopolis was talking about. And this is, and this is the thing that I don't think the average fan understands when it comes to these payrolls. They usually have a budget, a number in mind from up top. And here's the thing. It's not a number that you can necessarily figure out and quantify because it's not always about the CBT. It's the, it's the dollar amount that they're going to spend each year. And as he explained it, it goes up and down, right? And that's why no one ever really knows what the budget is for a team because they don't make those things public because they don't want you to be able to dissect it. Right. And then it, plus if they make it public, then your, your, your teams that you're competing against are going to know your number and they're going to know whether or not you are more likely to go after someone, offer money, expect, et cetera, et cetera. And that's not just in baseball. It's, it's in football. It's, it's all sports. But what he was basically, what it sounds like to me, if you, if you want to just put a pin in the whole thing, their off season is essentially done making big moves unless something falls into their lap. The only move that I could see, the big move that could still be out there for him, Trevor Bauer, but is Trevor Bauer, what he does on the mound still, because he remember he hasn't been on there for a few years, is it going to be worth possibly disrupting your locker room? It's going to be an all or nothing thing. It's either he's going to come in, the guys are going to love him, he's going to pitch well, you're going to love it, or B, he's going to come in, he's going to be the jerk that everyone says that he's been. I don't know anything specifically. I just go off of what I've read. That he doesn't get along with a lot of teammates, et cetera, et cetera. If he did, they probably would have taken him back in Los Angeles as opposed to eat $22 million. And you wonder why the Dodgers haven't done anything this past season this past offseason, season, well, they've kind of laid in the, in the, in the weeds. I'll tell you why, because they're saving up money. The Mets can think what they want. Shohei Otani is going to be a Los Angeles Dodger at once he gets free agency. I'm sure there's going to be a heck of a bidding war, but the Dodgers and the Mets to me are the two teams. Maybe you see the Yankees get into it, but they spent so much in recency. I just don't see them go, because he is going to command $500 million. I guarantee it. Oh, by the way, Atlanta fans, stop it right now because I know what you're going to send me at next offseason is, what about Otani? You think we're going to sign Otani? <laughs> no! He is going to ask for so much money. It's, it, it's almost going to be comical. But that's okay. You can find ways to win without having Otani. And realize something too. If you got that much money in there, and you're like, "Well, we we got their DH sewn up. We've got our a, an elite starting pitcher sewn up. That's great." But what if that one guy, and he's going to want like a ten year deal? What if that one guy? For I'll, I'll just play it at one year. Excuse me, uh, ten years, five hundred million dollars, and that's probably lowballing it. But what if that one guy goes out in? tears his rotator cuff 
and then he's out for a year and a half or whatnot or has to have have tommy john tommy john he might be able to get back quicker at dh but you get my point and i anthopolis does not seem like a all eggs in one basket kind of guy footballs we got the nfl rocking joey's on his way on that um you know, just to put a pin in the in the whole college football national championship, they so they had a preseason top twenty five on. Now there's been a lot of them out there, so I I get that, but I'm just going to pull the one that I saw because I thought this one was wildly wrong because they had some some teams that were way down at the bottom of the rank that shouldn't have been. Let me see if I can if I can pull it up because the guy that I follow is the one that had it and I just cannot believe that he had there was a couple of ones. Now, what doesn't shock you about the whole thing is Georgia was number one and Alabama was two, Ohio state three, I believe. And I really felt like that they were just regurgitating what has just happened. I mean, cause when I first saw it, I was like, is this a, is this a preseason top 25 or is this a two days, two days, one day, six hours after the national championship. So I just, I didn't get this, this entire top 25 trying to pull it up. Here it is. So Georgia one, Michigan two, Ohio state three. I misspoke there. Alabama's four. Here's one that throws me off. West coast football is back. Washington Huskies. Number four, number five. I don't know if I buy that. I get I get that they've got the elite quarterback in Michael Penix Jr., but I just don't know if I buy that. I can't put any Pac-12 teams up there until they break through the glass ceiling. So to me, that's a little high. TCU at number six. Not after what I just saw last night. I want no part of TCU in the national title hunt. Not, not if there's only going to be four teams. We get to 12 teams, fair enough. Penn State number seven. That's an interesting one. We've got a Penn State guy that will be here on Friday, so I'll ask him about that. But to me, it seems a little high. They've got LSU at number eight. Now, this is CBS Sports. I know there's a lot of them out there. LSU eight, Clemson nine. And already I say that they are inaccurate with their predictions. I'm I'm going to keep keep this article and compare it to what it's going to be in August when we get the real preseason top 25. Notre Dame 10. I don't hate that one at all. Hartman coming over should make the offense go. Now I haven't had time to look at all these teams schedule so you know, keep that in mind. Oregon 11, Utah, uh, sorry, Tulane 12, USC 13, Florida State 14, 
Oregon State 15, and Tennessee 16. And I'll stop it there. We could do this all day long. That is way too low for Tennessee. What I've seen out of Joe Milton, I believe he is coming back. I don't believe they've lost him. His plan is to come back is what he has said. I don't see there's any way where where Tennessee shouldn't be top 10. Florida State should be top 10. All their guys are coming back. They're losing very little. Jared Verse, the defensive end that everyone had projected in the top 15, he's coming back. Tulane, the problem with putting them up as high as they've got them going, and they were impressive. But, look, their defense was garbage. problem is with Tulane, if you have one bad game and you lose, you're out of the hunt. You're out of the hunt because you, because you don't play in a big enough conference, and it, whether it's fair or not, there's going to be bias to that. Texas is number 17. I'll have to see it to believe it. Texas is always overrated. And another team that I think is a little low, considering what we just saw, South Carolina Gamecocks, number 22. We'll talk more about this. But uh, I just, I think some of these are wildly low. And you and UCLA being in the top 25, losing DTB, that is a huge question mark. We're going to be back in a flash. When we come back, Joey joins us, and we're going to be talking some NFL playoffs. Keep it locked in. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. Carlos Correa has signed with the Minnesota Twins. Correa and the Twins are in agreement on a six-year, $200 million contract. The deal can max out to $270 million with vesting options for four additional years. Carlos Correa had been reported to be signing with the New York Mets two weeks ago, but negotiations fell apart during Correa's physical. Johnny Cueto is in agreement with the Miami Marlins. One year, $8.5 million deal with the 2024 option by the club for 2024. Last night, Brandon Belt signed a one-year, $9 million deal with the Toronto Blue Jays. Jerry Jones says that Mike McCarthy's job is not at stake as the Cowboys travel to Tampa Bay Monday night for the wildcard round playoffs. Cowboys were knocked out at home last year by the San Francisco 49ers. And in case you missed it, the Georgia Bulldogs have repeated as college football's national champions, back-to-back champions, first time since the Alabama Crimson Tide. In the Southeastern Conference college basketball tonight, 7 o'clock, South Carolina is at Kentucky, while Florida is at LSU. 9 o'clock, you got Vandy at number five, Tennessee, and the number 21, Auburn Tigers at Ole Miss. Just a couple of games in the ACC. Georgia Tech's at Notre Dame at seven, and at nine, it's UNC at number 13, Virginia. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves Country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting, on youtube.com at Braves Country. 
It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. The NFL playoffs are back. That means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Wild Card Weekend and Divisional Round Weekend Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern to kickoff at 4.30 Eastern. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. Welcome back. Real quick, uh, you probably just heard, heard the clip, but just a reminder, this Saturday and next Saturday, 3 to 4.30 Eastern, right here on Braves Country HD and several other outlets we are going to be uh doing our armchair quarterbacks kickoff show so we'll be talking nfl playoffs and should be a lot of fun got a whole we, we got a lot of stuff planned for each show and some of it i'm going to drop on the guys so they're not prepared for it should be a lot of fun as always joining us now is mr joey joey how are you sir doing pretty well uh just following you know, this coaching search amongst the NFL a lot as an Indianapolis Colts fan. It's going to be a the next couple of weeks are going to be a lot of interviews already four or five lined up for a plethora of teams, including myself. So I'm interested to see uh, before I talk about the draft. I know I want to get ahead of myself, you know, but I'm going to make sure the head coach gets in there first. And I'm really looking closely at that. You being a Colts fan. I give you one pick. You say, this is my guy and that's it. Who do you – and don't tell me – do not tell me Sean Payton. Oh, believe me, it won't be it won't be him, but it will be Mr. Harbaugh, and for a couple of reasons. Number one, he does have uh, – not, not for coaching reasons, but reasons that make sense. He does have ties to this community in Indianapolis as he's played there as the quarterback of the team in four. So him and Ursay kind of already have a relationship. I know they took that road with Saturday, but Saturday had no experience. Completely different story. Obviously, Harbaugh has a resume uh, that will stack up against many others. And I truly believe if you could convince him to get in here, that the rebuild would go quicker uh, than slower, as we all know the Colts need to fully re- uh, revamp things. And it starts with the quarterback, where I think Harbaugh would have a lot of good say uh, with one of these rookies, uh, maybe Mr. Stroud, who he sees a couple times a year. So Harbaugh would be my number one. 
I don't think he's leaving Michigan, but I do like the choice. I think he's going to stay. I think he's – unless he just has a desire to get back in the NFL, and there's a reason why he left. There's yeah. a very good reason why he left, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, the other – you know, when when it comes to the Colts, I think regardless whoever they bring in, it's got to be someone who can develop a quarterback, and that's got to be because they're going to draft a quarterback. I I would be shocked if they don't. If they take another swing at a oh, Derek Carr, Jimmy G, or whatever, oh. and nothing against Jimmy G, but come on, it's time it's time to refocus. You're going to be in a you're going to be in a division that's going to have Trevor Lawrence. You've already seen what he's starting to do. He didn't play great on Saturday night, but he, his future's bright. Agreed. And I believe Bryce Young is going to be the other quarterback in this division. If it's not Bryce Young, Houston will draft uh, Stroud. Mm-hmm. So you're you're going to have two elite quarterbacks. Tennessee, I think, is going to punt on a quarterback this year. Because I really think with this class, they're going to go high, 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 and Tennessee will just grab an offensive tackle and just kind of bite the bullet. They'll either struggle with uh, – with they'll do one or two things. If they cut Tannehill, they might do something like, let's just sign Dobbs to a short deal. Let's just give him a chance and maybe draft another quarterback later in the draft and let that quarterback and Malik Willis fight it out, and we'll see how it goes. But one thing's for sure, they fired Downing because they didn't like the, you know, the offensive production. So I do think that that top pick that the Titans will have at number 11, it sits really nice from that offensive tackle from uh, Northwestern. So I, I, I think that's where they're going to go. They'll have a little money to play with under the cap this year as opposed to last year. But... Tennessee's not in a complete rebuild, but they're definitely in a it's time to go reload some pieces. I think, I think the Colts can be in that same argument. But the Colts, if they have an opportunity, what are they, the fourth pick? Fourth pick, correct. Man, I think it would be really hard not to draft a quarterback with that number four pick. Yeah, and RGM said today in his press conference, Mr. Chris Ballard, that they would move Earth, Wind, and Fire to move up in the draft if they really like one of these QBs. So to me, that there's just those little tidbits today that there's going to be a young quarterback drafted. Whether they stay at four or try to move up, they're going to be going for a quarterback. Well, that tells me that they could be in on the number one pick. I hope so, because Chicago will do move out if needed. If you're Chicago and, and you can slide down to the fourth pick and gain, I don't care what you gain, but gain one, maybe two other picks. They don't have to be top picks, but you get the Colts number. I, I'm not familiar with the Colts draft for this year, but you but you get their number four pick, and you would probably at least ask for at least a number three in return, assuming the Colts have, have a third-round pick this Later. year. If not, they're probably going to be asking for the numbers for the second round pick. So let's say that they give up the three and a four or a three and a five, or you give up a two and you give it something much less. Maybe you give up a one and a two this year and you give up a, a three next year. 
right? I think if I'm the Colts, I do it. I let me pick the quarterback I really want. I'm supposed to have to sit behind. We know Houston, who's in my division, wants a quarterback. Exactly. And you know, a lot of people will say it's an easy decision to make when you have the first pick, but obviously quarterbacks and pass drafts have been 50-50. When the Colts have drafted first, they selected Manning in 98, and they selected Luck in 2012. So when they have the number one pick, they seem to pick the right quarterback. That's all been under Mr. Jim Irsay, so hopefully that can continue into the first round this year. I would do a lot to move up from four to one. <clears throat> as far as the Titans are concerned, I don't want to see them trade down. I don't want to see them trade up. I want them to pick the best available player at number 11 because they need that player, but I don't want to mortgage the future. I also don't want to go, oh, no, we're good. Let's trade back. <laughs> the only way that changes in my mind is if they is if they cut Tannehill and they have the ability to go up and grab a quarterback. Then, okay, I understand that. But don't trade up just to get to, like, the eight spot. You won't trade down to like the 24th spot. I hate that, man. I hate when you're sitting there on draft night, pulling the team. You're like, all right, let's go. What do you mean they traded out of the first round? I was going to say the Colts did that one year and talk about a Thursday night damper. <laughs> like, come on, man. Legs did it one year twice in the same in the same first round. You're like, oh, really? <laughs> I, I stayed up for nothing. I literally stayed up for nothing. Oh, that's right. Absolutely terrible. It's not as bad back in the day when the first, I think I think it was the first three rounds were in the same day. It just it ticks you off now because the first round is is the first night. Yep. So if you trade that first round, then the whole time there's that little there's that, there's that fan in you who still keeps staring at the screen, going, "Well, maybe we'll trade back into the round." I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. And then the thirty second pick comes in, and you're like, "We didn't do it." <laughs> Dog it. I was one of those, let me tell you, a couple of times. <laughs> I mortgaged my sleep. My team got worse. <laughs> Man, I hate sports. Son of a... <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, we'll, we'll move on to NFL. But, by the way, did you catch any of this stuff that I was t- talking about with, with the preseason college football top 10 or top 25? I caught the tail end of you going through it, but I haven't really looked into much. Real quick, Notre Dame's number 10. I don't hate that at all with Sam Hartman. And Notre Dame's always a little overranked. Right. But, I, you know, I, I think that feels right. I feel like that this team can come back. And year two with Marcus Freeman, I'll give him a chance, right? One of the issues that I have is TCU's number six. Man, they're losing some dudes. And I know that they've done well in the transfer portal, but they're losing some dudes. Washington's number five. Washington. Huskies. Isn't their quarterback leaving? Or is he? No, no. He, uh, I believe, is staying at this point. Okay. I think he's trying to come back one more year to to lift his uh, draft stock. Okay, okay. Georgia's one, which look, you how do you not put Georgia number one next year? How do you not? They didn't do it this year, but how do you not do it? There's gonna be there's gonna be some schlebs out there that are gonna 
give their number one votes to Alabama and whatnot. But Georgia should be number one next year. You're back to back national champions. To beat the man, or to be the man, you got to beat the man. You got to put the man up at number one. Michigan two, Ohio State three, Penn State seven. I can't wait to get Tone's reaction on that on Friday. Um, <clears throat> but Clemson Is nine. In there? Seminoles are done at 14. I'm telling you right now, Florida State's going to win. They're a top 10 team. Flor- yes. Florida State's going to win the ACC next year. I will be shocked if they don't. They got to get over that Clemson hurdle. But other than that, and they play LSU to start the season. I don't know if they took any of this into consideration. In Florida, it's, it's, it's not in Tallahassee. It's in Orlando. But they play LSU – Look, LSU is getting back their their quarterback, Daniels. He's coming back. <clears throat> but Florida State's bringing back like everybody. My prediction is that Jordan – and I think Jordan Travis will be in the Heisman candidate room next year when they do uh, all that stuff. I definitely think he goes to the top of the board if he has a good game against LSU to start the season. But he, but he's he's going to be on the short list to start the season. Well, they got Tennessee at 16. That makes no sense. Tennessee is – they impressed me this year. Heupel took a huge leap, just like Norvell did. And, and you've got Tennessee at 16. Hooker's gone, but Milton didn't look like he missed a step. He looked good. And I really think Josh Heupel's offense is going to be one of those things wherever, wherever he is, however long he's at Tennessee, maybe he goes to the NFL, I don't know. But however long he is, it's going to be a system guy. And, and as long as he can get someone who doesn't stumble over their own shoestrings, they're going to pick up big, put up big numbers. So I, I, I think Milton's going to be in that Heisman room next year. I think Travis will be in that Heisman room next year. How many more years does uh, Stetson Bennett have? <laughs> is he thirty yet? I I hear his AARP card just came in the mail. Um, By the way, there was news on the Red Sox today. Trevor Story underwent successful elbow surgery today. So I thought they might sneak into the Carlos Correa talk, but that's not happening. Mr. Correa is heading to the Minnesota Twins if you missed that story. They must have missed of our award ceremony when I said the player I'm most sick of, Carlos Correa, just keeps showing up everywhere. Gosh. Well, <sighs> if you're tired of Carlos Correa, Minnesota's a really good place for him to be. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> good chance you are not going to see him for quite some time. Very true. They announced the uh, college football uh, Heisman. Excuse me. College Football Hall of Fame t- today, and uh, 18 guys selected. Not going to go through all of them, but Reggie Bush, Tim Tebow, Eric Berry of the Vols, Stonebreaker of Notre Dame. That was always one of the greatest names in, in the history of college. You you go to the College Football Hall of Name just because of the last – you're a linebacker at Notre Dame with the name of Michael Stonebreaker. Um Mark Richt gets in, Georgia Bulldogs. 
I know a lot of Georgia fans don't think he belongs in there, but uh, Mark Rick goes to the Hall of Fame. Of course, you know, he also co- uh, coached for the Hurricanes. And Paul Johnson of Georgia Tech and Navy, he goes in. Now you might have some, like, what is this guy? It is getting increasingly easier and easier and easier to get into all Hall of Fames, but the College Football Hall of Fame is up there with the Basketball Hall of Fame where it's like, oh. well, you can – you played a few minutes that one year. Well, let's put you in. The basketball one drives me crazy because people. Just I mean, I'm, I'm I'm waiting for them to put Willie Taggart in the Hall of Fame. I don't know <laughs> Who's next? He's only twenty games under five hundred. Put him in. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Paul Johnson was a head scratcher to me. I, I know he had a pretty good career at Navy. He did. He was bad at Georgia Tech. Now, he had a couple of good years here and there, but he wasn't like – I mean, at least Mark Richt had, had his name in the hat a few times. The only thing that you could put – I don't even know if I'd put Paul Johnson in the Hall of Fame for what he did as far as wins and loss and whatnot, but I will say this. He should at least a mention as you go on in the Hall of Fame somewhere about the fact that he kind of – revolutionized offense taking it back about 70 years because you went from, <laughs> from let's air it out and then immediately georgia tech hires paul johnson goes air it out nah nah man nah. The high school the ball, football the only time the ball goes in the air here is when we punt it let's go that's that's the only thing he does blitz <laughs> funny thing was though i would always watch Georgia Tech games and pull for them because I, I do like the running football. I do. I just it's I'm a fan of it. I've always been, I always will be. You're not gonna change my mind. But it, it doesn't work. <laughs> it is wild how many formations you can run it out of. Like this out of, I mean how many plays you can run out of the same style. It was mind blowing to me as a kid seeing them play Notre Dame it's be like, what the heck's going on? You don't see this often. And then they'd score like 14 points. <laughs> right, exactly. Like they get a couple of big plays and you're freaking out and then it gets shut down immediately. Because right? you, you can't really prepare for it. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into the NFL playoffs. It's 420. Smoke them if you got them. We'll be back in a flash. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, wah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at you, savings coming at you. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. It's time to live, laugh, and create memories again with MSC Cruises. Join us on some of the world's most modern and innovative ships. Discover again at our new private island, Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve, named Best New Cruise Destination. Cruise the Caribbean and Bahamas from Miami or Port Canaveral. Book now with free balcony upgrades and flexible booking changes. Call your travel advisor or visit MSCCruises.com. Restrictions apply. MSC Cruises, a world of discovery. Hey, sports fans. 
The NFL playoffs are back. And that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Wild Card Weekend and Divisional Round Weekend Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern to kickoff at 4.30 Eastern. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. Hey folks, this is Mark White with the Mark White Show, and you can tune in to the Mark White Show every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. right here on Rock 99 WQEE The Key, the home of Southern Sports and Talk. Welcome back. Congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs on the back-to-back national championships. And for those of y'all not Georgia Bulldog fans, congratulations to us. It's over. <laughs> that game was terrible, man. Halftime, I was tuned out. I kept it on. I always do, man. I always keep those games on much longer. Than, it would whenever it. Whenever they scored that last one, 65 to 7, I, I, I turned it off around that time. But, I mean, that was towards the end. Um, I I played some second-half props. So, I, I was looking to see if they were going to cover. I, I did get Georgia minus 7. I couldn't believe it. I was like, do they – TCU has not shown any semblance to be able to form anything. And you think they're going to outscore Georgia in this quarter now? Well, I was trying to make, make back the fact that I had uh, put a teaser – I went the other way, and I, 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 man, I questioned myself all week. But I was going to go take take Georgia on the teaser with the over, and said I went TCU because I wanted to get all those points, and it didn't matter. TCU was dead, dead on arrival. It was a dang shame because I felt like you know, even it was David versus Goliath. I, but you always hope for a good game on your Monday night stage, and that was just. Yeah, you were. I mean, look, Georgia's sitting on all cylinders, and the whole time you're the average fan tuned in and probably said, "Are they playing the same sport?" Because I don't feel like they are. I feel, <laughs> like, I feel like one one of them's out there, you know, with a rock fight, and the other one has a machine gun. Like I really feel like this is unfair. And I saw you tweet about it, and I completely agreed on the people saying, "Why? This is why Alabama should be." Oh, it just—it was making. First off, TCU TCU won their first game. It's not like they just came in cold off the street playing in the playoff. They deserved. They got a good win against Michigan. I don't get why these people are complaining about the playoff just because they laid an egg. Alabama will tell you that they belong in the national title game if they're six and six. (laughs) We're more talented. I don't care. You got to win ball games. It comes down to wins and losses. Correct. One thing that was a little more fair about that BCS is is that there was actual points, right? You could see it, and the, and, the, and there wasn't on this committee junk where they go hide in the room and they, and they come out with, well, we're going to put this team and that team in. They would have, if they could have found a way, they would have put Alabama in the playoffs. Alabama lost too many games. But Alabama keeps forgetting they have the same record as the University of Tennessee. Tennessee beat them on the field. Yes. Alabama belong. I know (laughs) Tennessee got boat raced in that one game against South Carolina. But, hey, it's it's still a loss. A loss is a loss. Correct. 
If you beat, I'm sorry, but when it comes down to it, when it comes to these committees, when we get to the 12, and there's going to be a lot of debate. It really needs to come down to is if everything's equal and I beat you, I go, you stay home. Not if I'm eight and four and you're 11 and one. Right? It's like, what is it? Might as well not keep track of the record. I might as well just evaluate talent. Well, let's go and look at the at the 2019 recruiting map and see who who the top four teams are. We'll put them in there. Just idiots, nonsense. Just n- surrounded by idiots. All right, let's move on. NFL playoffs. It's really hard for me to focus on the NFL, but I talk so much about baseball. I feel like I've got to do some NFL because this Carlos Correa thing. I can't. Can't wait to turn on New York radio <laughs> tomorrow morning. There's a show I always listen to. I can't wait to go wiggle, 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 wiggle. Because last week they were going, they were fitting themselves for World Series rings. Monday, you we were having to hide their 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 shoestrings in their belts. I'm like, uh, better watch out for Mets fans. They're on suicide watch over here. All right, NFL playoffs. Let's get into this. Let's get into the gritty, the nitty gritty. We're doing a pretty fun thing this weekend. Uh, I'm just going to ask you. I'm just going to ask you for a team. We're doing a pretty fun thing this weekend because I know you're not going to be with us this uh, Saturday for the show, correct? Yeah, I'll be available the next. Right. So, but you won't be this Saturday, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. So I want to double check before I ask you one because we're doing something this Saturday. It's going to be pretty fun. So what it's going to be is we're, we're calling it a fake fan draft. Okay. And we're going to draft teams that we'll pull for. And, we, and it's going to be like a draft. So if, so immediately Steven's going to get the Dolphins because he's a Dolphins fan. Right. But the rest of us, I'm pretty sure, don't have a team in the playoffs. So we're going to go become fake fans. And so it's really going to come down to who would you like to pull for? Who, if you, if you had one pick in the in the uh, fake fan draft, you had the number one pick. Who would be the team that you're going to pull for to win it all? <laughs> now, if oh, that's a fun one. You know what? Oh, I hate to. If Brian Cook, I know, is just on here recently, so I shouldn't be saying this, but I'm probably going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals, and the reason I say that. Is Mr. Joe Cool, Mr. Joe Burrow? Uh, I, I'm just a huge fan of them. If if I, my team had the opportunity to have one quarterback from any quarterback in the National Football League, he would be my guy um, for many detailed reasons. It's a close race, I know, but I just like him a lot. Uh, I think Lord he's on the next path. Lord help What's us all. Up? I said, Lord help us all. Pick the Bengals. You will be over there you know, as you're, you know, tongue bathing Brian and whatnot. You know. <laughs> If if I would have picked Tampa Bay, I would be with my brother. It's no better. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's better to 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 give Brian a tongue bath than uh, than your own flesh and blood. Can't be in the same DNA class. Um, I'm obviously not going to say who I'm going to pick because I'm going to wait till Saturday. But uh, I definitely have a couple in mind that I that I really want. But I, I feel like that they're going to get taken unless I end up with, with, with one of the top picks. We're, we're going to do a random uh, drawing for it. But, uh, yeah, 
I'm looking forward to that. that that's, that's gonna be a lot of fun because it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to talk about why why am I pulling for this team, right? So you know, and and we'll be doing everything on on the Saturday kickoff show, three to four thirty Eastern. We're gonna be doing uh, point spreads. We're gonna do some DFS. We're gonna do a lot of prop bets and just talk about what everybody cares about in the NFL playoffs. How do I make some money off this, man? Come on, let's go. Get the money uh, while you can. Only got a few weeks to go. Absolutely. All right. The Saturday games, this will be the one that I'll be completely wrong on, but I don't feel like this Seahawks 49ers game is going to be anywhere close to being a ball game. But this will be where the, the one interesting thing to me about the NFL playoffs, as you look at these matchups, is you have, what, three games where this is the third time these teams are playing, and they're all rematches. The other three are all rematches. So all these teams are familiar with each other. The Seahawks are getting nine and a half. The over-under is 43. So that's a low number for the spread to be that high. Typically, when you get a nine and a half point spread, it's at least in the upper 40s. What they're essentially saying is that the Seahawks are not going to move the ball. Well, and if we and after watching week 17, we both kind of agreed last week the Rams had a shot. The Seahawks offense did not look good. They got help from the referees. Uh, oh. San Fran's hot and Seattle's not. Hey, Metcalf not get a penalty put on him when he stuck it. Right? I get that Jalen Ramsey deserved the 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 uh the uh, extracurricular activity right mm-hmm. but how does he not how do they not get offsetting flags he, he stuck his finger and, and and poked him and then he kind of chest bumped him right in front of the ref the ref comes running up breaking it up i tweeted out at the second at, at the time i don't know his name but the back judge his name was his uh, number was 27 and and he was coming and breaking it up but he didn't throw a flag coward <laughs> nothing but a coward you got to throw a flag on that because I get why Jalen – and look, the, the, the diehard Rams fans are going to tell you he didn't deserve a flag because he was kind of protecting himself because he was getting blocked and then he just kind of braced. But you're going to get a flag on that no matter what, right? Like I went back and watched that song a couple of times. I was like, I get that, but you're going to get a flag at the NFL. In full-time speed, you're calling that every time. You're just – yeah, you're just going to. Right, um, if it, it if it's a bar fight, you're gonna say, I don't know, man. The other guy kind of started it, but if in the NFL and you're a quarterback, you're gonna get the flag. The other one that that night is Jaguars Chargers. That line's gone down a point and a half since yesterday. So the Chargers. We're a favorite, a one-and-a-half-point favorite in Duval. It is now a Peckham, which I find very interesting that folks are believing the Jaguars. And honestly, the Jaguars didn't look that great last Saturday. Yeah, and at the same token. That was not not a fumble by uh, Dobbs. That ball was still in his hand when it went forward. That was an incomplete pass. 
they got gifted one. They were at home, whatever. I didn't want to see Tennessee make the playoffs anyway. It's just like, this is going to be a disaster. I don't know who we're going to play. <laughs> the Chargers. I'm like, Josh Dobbs is not keeping up with freaking, you know, Herbert. Um, it would have been a really ugly game. If it was Titans, Chargers, we saw that a few weeks ago. It would have been a really ugly game. Jaguars, to me, have more of a chance of doing something. And, I, and I've actually got an outside chance of going to the game. I still haven't found out if, if I'm going get to a, get a kitchen. Pass oh, nice. Game. Yeah. Uh, things have to work out. They have to line right. But we've got a friend who's got box seats, but it really comes down to if my wife's going to be able to make it and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've never been in a box seat, so I'll be like, the playoffs? That's wild. Um and it seemed like an awesome atmosphere on Saturday night for being Jacksonville. Yeah. I watch a good amount of football games there, and that seemed I, to be I more electric. If I was up in the nosebleeds, I just think it'd be a lot of fun. I don't think it's going to be super cold either. You know, it's it's going to be chilly, but it's bearable. But I find that interesting. That what that tells you is that the betting public right now is putting money on Jacksonville. Yeah, and we had the Mike at Williams injury, which we got to follow closely. That will be interesting as the week goes on. I mean, I don't think they've had made a status on him yet either. I don't think he's going to play, do you? I was going to say very doubtful. I mean, he's not a quick healer. <laughs> we all know that. Gosh, he, the fact that he was out there playing that game is dumbfounding. If you have an injury-prone player and you're an NFL head coach and you have nothing to play for, we're not talking about one seat up. We're not talking about winning your division. We're talking about nothing to play for. And you put in one of your better players who's injury-prone, the common sense isn't there. And if they lose this Saturday, I would not be shocked if we're talking about another head coaching opening. I... I, just, I don't understand what he thought they had to gain. Baltimore had already lost. They were locked into the five seed. So you couldn't win or lose and, ch and change your seed. It's not like he had a bunch of guys he was trying to get rust off of, right? I just, I'm with you. He, he, he needs to be fired. And he's done a Between, lot of really screwy things over the last couple of years. You took the words right out of my mouth. His decisions on fourth down were very skeptical last year, especially. I don't see why he wouldn't get fired unless he, his team, you know, I think, I think his team's got to make a run. Yep. His team makes a run. They're going to say, hey, it worked. But. If his team doesn't make a run, they're going to say, kick rocks, baby. <laughs> Can you imagine them getting a hold of uh, Sean Payton? That's what – two for two, Mac. You took the words right out of my mouth again. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I know there's been rumors. In fact, Bobby's hoping that Payton gets traded over to uh, Arizona. I don't, Man, I don't think he's going to do it. I think he's going to want a quarterback who's a student. And yeah, not a guy who's who's got to put Fortnite on pause because he says he's he's now involved in the head coaching decisions. <laughs> what? 
what? And, and with Sean Payton saying he wants stability starting from the top, if you're starting at the quarterback position, that's not much stability. Hey, speaking of that, uh, report coming from Schultz that uh, the Cardinals are looking to trade DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason. So if that's the case, that means that he's probably barking about an, a trade. If that's the case, you're definitely not getting Sean Payton now. He doesn't want to fully rebuild. Commanders fire offensive coordinator Scott Turner. Um, what about the rest of the staff? <laughs> <laughs> what about the head coach? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what about Ron Rivera? What, what what's going on here? Oh, what a debacle late in the season for them! They just slowly trickle out all the firings of the entire staff because Rivera. You're gonna oh that's what he's gonna do. He's gonna try to that's that's what it is. Ron Rivera is trying to bus roll his offensive coordinator. When Ron Rivera was in on the decision to start Carson Wentz all the the uh what was it? Week seventeen. Yep. After bashing him at the beginning of the year, just complete hypocrisy. Sam Howell looked pretty darn good, didn't he? He did. Mike Williams, the, the most recent thing, that's what I was looking at. Mike Williams is considered day to day. He's going through treatment. I mean, I just yeah. – it it doesn't help him that it's a short week too. And I don't think I put it in our in our – on our uh, flash, but Roquan Smith signed a five-year extension with the Ravens today. Yeah, he got paid. Everyone normally does except for me. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. Man, I wish I knew how to catch one of these balls, <laughs> throw one of these balls. Wish I, wish I came from better stock. <laughs> or, yeah, if I stopped drinking beer a few years ago, that could have helped a little. <laughs> My entire uncoordinated family. I'm sadly probably one of the better athletes in my family, and I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> um, John Rice, uh, excuse me, John Ross to sign a, a, uh, Futures deal with the Chiefs? That's interesting. I haven't heard that name in a hot minute. He was actually a funny thing on him real quick. I saw he was the draft pick right before, right after Mahomes. So that was interesting. Clearly didn't work out for the team drafting him. Yeah, he he was uh... – that was a swing and a miss, and everyone thought that he he was going to be elite. Yep, I remember that. I feel like he had one, maybe two decent seasons. But you know what? He's going to go to the Chiefs, and he'll, he'll probably get, become an 800, 900-yard receiver. Fit right in. That ring around the rosy junk that they did, man. T- did you see the the uh, the quote from the – I can't remember the guy's name right now, but uh, Denver Bronco offensive lineman saying how much he hates the Chiefs, and after he saw that, what, what they did – to the Raiders, like he can't wait to play him next year and all this junk. And I'm like, dude, you're I don't know who you are, but you're probably gonna get freaking canned. <laughs> everyone, on luck, that, everyone on that Denver Bronco offense is probably gonna be looking getting a pink slip. We gotta take a real quick break when we come back. <clears throat> excuse me, we're gonna do our locks and look ahead to Sunday's games. We'll be back in a flash. It'll be a short one. Be back in in about 90 seconds here on WQE. 
Here's good news. There's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the U.S. right now. And my computer career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. The NFL playoffs are back. And that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Wild Card Weekend and Divisional Round Weekend Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern to kickoff at 4.30 Eastern. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. Shen Young, a performance that truly matters to every one of us, is coming to the Columbus River Center for the Performing Arts, January 17th, one night only. Shen Young brings 5,000 years of civilization live on stage through choreographed dance, music combining Western and Chinese instruments in an animated backdrop. Come and see it at least once in your lifetime. Tickets at shenyoung.com GA. Georgia Bulldogs, back-to-back national champions. For those of y'all not Georgia fans, that'll be the last time we'll play that this season. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like when you win national championship, you, you deserve all the all the love, right? So uh, absolutely. And look, whether whether you're a fan of the Bulldogs or not, what a cool story Stetson Bennett is. I do feel like ESPN is going to beat it to death like they do with everything else, but a really cool story. Um, but the NFL playoffs are here. Let's you turn the page. I was looking at the break. I couldn't find anything on Tua. That is going to be the biggest difference on whether that game's competitive or not on, on Sunday. Dolphins getting nine and a half, and it wasn't that low. Oh, if they don't have the right quarterback in the game there, meaning Tua Tunga Viola, we saw them struggle a plethora of amount between the other quarterbacks. In Buffalo, they played a few weeks ago in Buffalo. It was a good game because of Tua. That would be the difference. It would be a blowout if he does not play by 17 or 21. The over-under right now is 46, and it's got to be – and the line's nine and a half. It's got to be because – folks feel like he's not going to play. If you have a strong feeling, then you think that the that the Dolphins are going to play Tua. Get the over. Man, hit, hit the line right now. Nine and a half points with Tua. They probably should have won that game a few weeks ago in Buffalo, that Saturday night game. And they did win the game down in Miami. If two, if it comes out tomorrow or Thursday, most likely, Tua Tugavala is going to play. That line is going to first is going to pull off the board immediately, and then it's going to go down to about three or four points. It might go to six, but it's at least getting below a touchdown. 
If you really think, if you're hard of hearts, like, I think two is going to play. I would grab the nine and a half, and at this point, I would probably probably buy a point to get myself to ten and a half. I've already played a lot of uh, uh, straight ups and teasers because I like some of the lines and I want to get them now before they get affected by some stuff. I, I don't think he's going to play. I don't either. And I think when he doesn't play, I think that line's going to go up. So I did grab Buffalo on a teaser. But if I'm wrong, it's going to get sticky wicket. Like, hey, <laughs> like you, hey, like you said, if you have a strong inkling, don't hesitate. It's the time Ra- right now. Same other, same other, uh, excuse me, same deal. Other game, Ravens Bengals. If Lamar Jackson plays, that line should be seven points. If Lamar Jackson doesn't play, I feel like seven is too low. Yeah, and on that one, I I kind of feel strong about Lamar. For it's just my hunch, it's not reports or anything, so nobody take me word for word. But I I have a feeling Lamar is going to play. I feel like he's the type of player who won't miss this game. So I would be taking the seven points right now and just hop on it. See, I've got a feeling that he's not going to play, and the reason why is I think he's actually being smart, and I think he is. Knowing that he's a free agent, he's going to try to play hardball. I have not seen anything on that, by the way. That's what I'm saying. It seems I, I all I heard was hardball say that you know he doesn't really have any updates and there's more to look into. It's like, well, if there's more to look into with his injury, he's probably not going to play. But like I said, I don't know. It's a playoff game. It's so tough to say. The only thing that I find, I don't even know if this is a reputable source, but um, they're, I don't even know what the heck I just clicked into. Never mind. I'm out of here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a, a an, an article on Twitter and kept asking me to do stuff. I was like, nah, I'm good, man. That dang uh, Twitter machine. Yeah. <laughs> The only thing that I'm seeing on Twitter right now is a bunch of speculation, nothing. And the one, and the biggest thing is I have not seen where he's practicing. If he's not practicing, that line's not big enough. Practice? We don't want practice. Not that line's not big enough. And that's why I grabbed it on. Now, I grabbed it with six and a half. I, I grabbed it on, on, on a teaser. Because... Even if he plays, he hasn't played in almost, at that point, it'll it'll be close to six weeks. And we saw what Russ can do to you. Look look what Jalen Hurts looked like after what was it, four weeks, Mm -hmm. three weeks, whatever it was. Yeah, the Ravens are in a tough spot because with their current quarterback play, they're not going to get past Cincinnati. And if Lamar struggles, they're not going to get past Cincinnati. So tough sledding. And if it ends up being Anthony Brown again, like Tyler Huntley kind of gives you a puncher's chance because he can make some plays. But if it ends up being Anthony Brown again, that that offense is no good. Now, I will say this. I believe that Harbaugh is probably playing possum. 
and he didn't show them everything because he didn't believe he could really win that game. And so why unload everything? Whereas Cincinnati really wanted to win the game because they wanted to host the game. But he's going to use all those little things that Cincinnati did in the game as fuel. If you watch the game, you watch the highlights, it's some of the, you know, the like the the celebration where Mixon pulled the quarter out of his sock and did the point coin flip. I thought it was funny. I liked it. I did too. But he's going to use that as, you know, what they called bulletin board material. For anyone under the age of 60, what that means is there used to be a bulletin board in locker rooms. (laughs) You would take these things called newspapers and clip them out and, and put them up there and say, look what this jerk said. And, and it was a thing back in the day. When I was growing up and first, first became a fan of football, I can always remember they would talk about it where all the coaches would have cork boards and they would they would put their – it was right there as you walked in the locker room. And if someone said something stupid in the papers, it would be up there the next day. Now, Now I guess they just send you a link. Yeah, I was going to say everyone get a team text. <laughs> Before we hit our locks, the game that I have the just don't have a feeling for, and I'm so on the fence with, but I kind of want to take the points, is this Giants-Vikings game. Because you think Minnesota should be able to blow them out, out of the water, right? But why are they only a three-point favorite? And the last time they played was just a few weeks ago. They won by three. It was in Minnesota, so none of that has changed. It's usually hard to beat a team. Two good teams go at it back-to-back like that. And Minnesota plays so many tight games. And if Minnesota does this win this game... I feel like it's going to be like 28-27. What's your feeling on it? Because I can't get a strong intuition on it, but that's just just the way I feel. Yeah, I'm one of for me personally, I probably wouldn't bet the game because Minnesota is just so unpredictable. I could see them going out there on Sunday and, you know, putting up 30 points and they play a decent game. Or I could see Kirk Cousins having three, four turnovers and it's either a loss or an ugly win. The Giants are well-coached team. They're not going to come into this game unprepared. If I had to make a choice, I'm going to be more comfortable taking the Giants and the points rather than Minnesota and give them up. Logically, if, if you go from the offensive standpoint, logically, Minnesota has so many mismatches, right? But their yes. defense stinks. The, the Indianapolis Colts led by Matt Ryan got 30 points. It's so bad. <laughs> and one of the biggest Minnesota Viking fans that I know has no faith in him this week. He's he, he's already turning the page. He's getting ready for like the for you know for like the draft. And I'm like, dude, you're 13 and four. You're at home. You're going up against Daniel Jones for crying out loud. You got a chance. I, 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 I midway through the argument, I was like. Why am I trying to convince you that a 13-4 Viking team with Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins at home? i got to convince you that they can beat Daniel Jones, and not that- Barkley, 
and I dare the average man off the street to name two more players. <laughs> and not that it matters. It was just wild to me seeing the statistic that Minnesota would have the biggest margin of wins and losses if you flip their one-score games around. They were in so many close games this year, and obviously they won them, so it doesn't matter. But if they lost those games, they would be like one of the best picks in the NFL draft right now. So it's going to be an interesting game on Sunday. Minnesota actually gave up more points than they scored this year, and yet somehow they're 13-4. and four. Unbelievable. I saw, I saw the stat, and I, I wish I had jotted it down, but basically they were top three, top five in uh, point differential. And that, to me, says – now, one of the reasons is, if you remember, they've had some really bad losses. I mean, really bad losses. Remember they got blown up by the Cowboys? Remember the Packers blew them out just a couple of weeks ago, 41-17? to 17? The Lions beat them by 10. Wasn't there another one where they got just – the Eagles manhandled them 24-7? to 7? Interesting to statistic. The Minnesota Vikings are only one of two playoff teams to have a negative point differential. The other obviously being Tampa Bay as they were under 500. Everybody else point differential is 100 points or better that won their division. So Minnesota and Tampa Bay, not good on that note. So last week helped them. They're now at a, at a differential of minus three. Yep. But before that game, that must have been when I saw the stat there was a big there was a big differential thank you nate peterman chicago bears <laughs> you <laughs> man guess who's got the worst point differential in all the league well if i'm on with you and my jeff saturday colts got crushed by many second halves I see that it is even worse than Houston. It's the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> minus 138. Barely. The the Bears minus 137. Oh, yeah. I didn't go to the other conference. Bears were close. <laughs> and then and then the Bears, 137, and then the Texas at 131. And then there's a huge drop-off. You don't have anyone anywhere close to that. Even Even like... Even the hey man, the, the Buccaneers minus forty five. That's ridiculous. What is your lock of the day, sir? My lock of the day. After looking all day, I'm bet us trying to figure out what I want to do here. Going to take it to the NBA. Uh, the Utah Jazz are plus two and a half tonight on their home court against Cleveland. Uh, I actually saw Utah in person last week. Lori Markin, and I mean, I don't know what he was doing wrong on the Bulls all those years, but that dude looks like a stud. Uh, and I have to rebound after my lock last week went against yours, and I got totally embarrassed by the Boston Celtics. I riddled in my own tears as they blew out Dallas by 40. So give me oh, – I the, saw that, man. Oh, <laughs> I almost tweeted you to mess with you. I was like, oh. I was, I was thinking <laughs> you texted me. <laughs> to get them. I tried to tell you. And you're like, oh, go all in. Like, okay, here we go. And I was uh, part of that game, and I was like, at no point did I ever feel like, oh, they can make a, they can make a run. Um, it was so trash. <laughs> my my lock is uh, Ohio on the money line versus Ball State tonight on a minus one twenty five. Trying to thing, we'll see if it works out. I'm trying to think with college basketball, we'll see if it works out. But, but that is my lock. I gotta uh, start watching a little more college ball. I haven't watched much yet to this point this season. 
I'm going off of something else and it's so crazy. If it starts to work, I'll let you know how I came up with it. Please do. (laughs) But if it doesn't, then I'm just going to kick in the trash. Knowing me, I'm probably going to give it one day. And if this doesn't work, then I'll just throw it in the trash. (laughs) At least you tried. (laughs) Exactly. What is your walk off, sir? My walk off is, is everyone get their, you know, things out of the way now. If you got errands to run as a family man, husband, or a girlfriend or something, do everything this week. Clear your schedule for the NFL slate because wildcard weekend is here and it is coming fast. My walk off uh, will be back tomorrow, obviously, uh, three to five here on the key and also on Braves Country HD. Saturday, remember, we're going to be doing the kickoff show here on Braves Country HD. It's called Armchair Quarterbacks, but it's it, it's, it's the kickoff show. It's something we've been doing for a long time. Um, looking forward to that. And also, tonight, if you're looking for something to watch, unload your DVR. Because I looked at the slate for the NBA in the in the, on TNT tonight. It is brutal. The early game is Oklahoma City and Miami. Oh my goodness. Oh, what year do they think this is? Ugh. Miami has people out. Thunder stink. Oh my goodness. We got to go. Great job, Joey. We'll see you Thursday. Adios, amigo. Goodbye, sweetheart. Where it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we fire. Talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports. September, something of a fifth of September. She said a lot that I can't remember. Something of a fifth. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. You're listening to WQEE. 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia.